All right. Hello, everyone. We are live for episode 164 of the Empire State Conservatives podcast. I am your host as of today, and pretty soon I'll be taking over the show. I am Gabriel Montalvo, also known as the Baron Montalvo, and I'm joined here today with Morgan Kimbrough from California and Ashley Alvarez uh, from Florida. We'll be going over what it is to be a YR today, uh, as well as a couple of other great details about what the Republican Party has become. But before we get into the nitty gritty, please follow us on all of our socials down below on that ticker somewhere. And if you're not watching us live right now, hence, you know, listening to on audio, you're missing a couple of beautiful people's faces, especially my own, but mostly them. With that being said, please also go to the Empire State Conservatives Network.com to check out all of our snowflake melting merch, as Evan likes to call it. But with that being said, I'd like to pass it off to Morgan to see how he's doing out in California. What's up, Morgan? How are you? I'm doing great, Gabriel. I got my, uh, my New York West Coast hat on. So out here in San Diego, but still repping, uh, still repping New York. So had to put on the, the fitted hat for today. But uh, we are doing good. We are having a San Diego winter, which means about 60 to 70, uh, right? And so we still have the sun out. I'm actually here in Pacific Beach right now. And, uh, you know, just uh, recovering from election season. And uh, we picked up some good, uh, good gains here in California, specifically uh, here in San Diego in my home district, Congressman Daryl Issa, uh, as well as Orange County. So, you know, I think there's certainly some things that we can look forward to the future here in California. Um, but at the same time, I think we can certainly uh, be accomplished with, uh, you know, be, be, uh, be happy with our accomplishments here this election. Awesome. That's great. I mean, here in New York, we've uh, certainly picked up a lot of seats. Uh, we're certainly, uh, upstate New York is looking red. Uh, we're tightening that gap uh, to that 50%, 51% gap that we need here in New York to actually turn it red. And that's why we are uh, doing shows like this and doing some grassroots uh, activism out here. Uh, but speaking about uh, grassroots activism, uh, we have Ashley Alvarez. And how are things down in Florida? How has this election season been for you? Um, this election season has actually been really good uh, for Republicans. Um, I know we're still on election day number eight <laughs> here, so, but we did very well. Uh, we actually gained a lot of seats and majority of them were, for, were from Florida. And a lot of our state representative and state senators are actually turned into red seats as well. So. It's been very good. Our grassroots down here is actually run by our young Republicans. Um, it's it's pretty much actually you and I, Grave, we all have spoken about this before. You know, it's it's all about the power of, of, of the next generation and it's all on to us and it depends on us. And what we did in Miami was that we took it upon ourselves to to make sure that Florida is red. So it's been going great. We actually had uh, Carlos Jimenez win in District 26. We had Maria Elvira Salazar win in 27. And we turned a very, uh, it's a very mixture, it's a, it's a mixture of uh, blue and red, uh, but it's a District 103 and it's a Florida State House. And um, it just actually proves how much walking makes a difference. So everybody who works very hard, you can tell. So. Oh yeah. No, definitely. I mean, uh, 
you got to get rid of that COVID weight that you've been put, you know, people putting on. And believe me, if you haven't followed Morgan on Instagram yet, he's just a beast in the gym. I've seen him like just shred up everything. So I got to give a bit of a shout out to you. Uh, but with that being said, you highlight something uh, very important, actually, when it comes to uh, walking and actually getting out the vote. And that's something that a lot of people uh, I find uh, don't really want to do. And I feel like is lost uh, within our, you know, party especially when it comes to the more establishment figures. They like they sign waving. That's the thing. We call it the sign waving. We actually ask people to put down their signs and go out and walk and meet the voters in, in person. As a matter of fact, I was in Pennsylvania um, for these last two weeks. And a lot of the, the people that I was lucky to speak to, whether they were voting for, for Biden or for Trump, they were all very nice. And as a matter of fact, I actually flipped a lot of their votes. And on election day, I was walking and I was very proud of myself. It's a very, it feels very good when you actually get a whole household to get in a car and say, oh my gosh, that's right, I gotta go vote. And that's actually what's the most important thing is to actually have that contact with the voters. And when you do, you get people to actually get out and vote who are probably sitting at home saying, yeah, it's election day, I'll get to it, or the line's really long, but you just gotta remind them, hey, the line's only gonna get longer, especially with what's going on in Pennsylvania, um, which I actually wanted to just point out, they should learn from Florida, because although Florida, you know, we're known for the Florida man kind of situation, but um, they should learn from Florida as, as we learned from ourselves and back in 2000 and learn how to count ballots before, uh, absentee ballots before <laughs> election day. So we have a clean election and it's, and the results come out quicker than anticipated. Right. Morgan, how has it been for you? Have you been uh, walking uh, the vote out? Have you been going out there? Have you been uh, sign waving, uh, going to these rallies? Uh, what have you been really uh, doing? Because correct me if I'm wrong, you're the president of the San Diego Young Republicans Club. That's correct. Uh, what we've been in charge, you know, what I've been instrumental in is organizing volunteers on the different congressional campaigns to the state assembly, to the city council, and getting these young, enthused individuals out there door knocking, out there phone banking, right? Out there waving signs. And it's so instrumental, right? The grassroots effort is what really is going to propel candidates over the top. And if you have a, a zeitgeist and a candidate that's propelling that enthusiasm, enthusiasm forward, you're gonna be able to get those volunteers and you're gonna be able to get them to knock on doors. So I'm a huge grassroots guy and I think it's of the utmost importance. I mean, I'm not just a guy that says, hey, let's raise money off the Wahoo. You still got to be able to have a great ground game and you still have to be able to willing you know, to find our volunteers to phone bank and, uh, you know, get the voice out there for the candidate. Mm -hmm. I'd like to uh, ask this question. It'll go uh, to it'll go to Morgan first here. Uh, how would you find being a young Republican uh, in such a blue area? And then, Ashley, of course, it'll be you for more in a purpley area. But, Morgan, how is it being a young Republican advocating for these candidates uh, that are on the Republican ticket in such a, like, a heavy, almost, I dare I say, hostile liberal environment? Certainly. Well, I certainly put a target on my back, but that's okay because I, I bear the burden of that. These shoulders are broad for a reason. So, you know, uh, certainly don't do myself any favors here in California. But... At the end of the day, I think you have to be confident in what you stand for, what you believe. And I think you'll find that if you 
are confident in where you stand, you'll get a lot of people to, to follow you. And so there's a lot of carryover too. I think young Democrats, right, which is certainly where our demographic shifts overwhelmingly, they, we're looking for the same things on the right as well, right? We want good paying jobs. We want uh, upward mobility, right? We want affordable housing. We want all of these. Now we're just coming at these problems at different angles of attack. So I think if you find that you identify where we want to get the, uh, you know, where, what the salute, where we want to get the problem to, and then we can talk about how we fix the problem. And I think you'll find you'll, you'll, you'll get a lot of people to cross over and carry over if you present your ideas in a, you know, in a convincing way. And, uh, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm just representing young Republicans. I like to think that we're representing millennials as well. So we got to think about expanding the tent, right? Certainly, we're not going to compromise on our principles of what it means to be an American and where we stand being a Republican. But at the same time, you know, especially here in California, where I have the challenge of, you know, activating, motivating, and in many cases, persuading those to, uh, to see America in a different light. And so I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's a challenge, but certainly a, a, a fight worth fighting. Definitely. Ashley, what is it like for you down in Florida? So I would just like to point out that back in 2016, Hillary was at 63% and Trump was at 34%. So it was very much blue. And um, Biden was only ahead by seven points this past election, which is what I was saying. You know, we're not purple. We just we're just getting a step closer to being red <laughs> and hopefully it will be soon. But um, as to what Morgan was saying, um, that's 100 percent. The the idea there is you got to believe in your product to sell it. Um, one that I cannot stand <laughs> talking about something that I don't believe in. and if you have a group of people that are that truly believe in the cause the movement that we want to save our country and not allow it to move in a direction that is going to take away a lot of our rights then they will be motivated to be able to persuade people to do the same and to help us spread that message so number one it's you know having um believing in what you're selling and it's not selling, it's just, uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, from, from here, it's been, it's been a lot of hard work. I haven't personally been here mostly for the election season. Um, I was here more so for the, for the primary and with the primary, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, a lot of walking. Um, and like you said, it's, it's just gathering a group of people that are just as passionate as you are and just want it just as bad. Um, especially here in South Florida, um, having so many first generation um, Cuban exiles, uh, children, you know, uh, we understand, or I would hope actually <laughs> that uh, their children understand the struggle that their parents went through to get here. And that's actually why I do it. That's what, there was, there were times I was not getting paid to help organize things and I would walk and that walking is for free. We all know that. Um, so that's how it's been here in the blue. I mean, I get insulted for being, for betraying my own being Hispanic. Um, and there's, it's, it's just sad how you get criticized just because you have those morals and you have those values that we stand strong and we truly believe in them, but mm -hmm. they're not capable of coming together. And 
I know you're going to bring this up pretty soon, but uh, something else that Morian had said is that we need to be able to come together to the table to speak to each other and compromise. And a lot of people don't like that word compromise. Um, but I do believe that our generation of Republicans is more like the progressive kind of generation in the sense that we want to talk to other people. They don't mm -hmm. want to talk to us, but we really want to talk to them and make things better. Right. That that term progressive, I'd say, has been taken uh, into the, the hands of the context. left. Right. And used as semantics. It's okay to be progressive in your ideas. Uh, you know, I think that we shouldn't be throwing gays off of rooftops, but other people in other countries think that that's okay. Uh, but we'd be considered progressives. And we need to write another political ideologies book for uh, moving forward, 20, 2020 moving forward. <laughs> right. So in this whole idea of moving forward, and this is why I wanted to get, uh, you know, some guests from different parts of the country. Uh, I actually sat down recently with my grandmother uh, where she said, are you a Republican or, or do you Republicano or eres Trumpista? Are you a, like a Trumper? And that's when I took a step back and I said, well, I'm a Republican, but I also really do love Trump. And a lot of people have criticized the president for not being a conventional Republican. Uh, I mean, what would, I'd like to first open up with, with like, I guess a short question. Uh, Morgan, you go first. Would you say that you are a Republican, like conservative, or are you more of a, like a Trump uh, support, like a Trumpster? Well, I'm a conservative, right? I'm a Republican, and I'm a fan of the president. Uh, you know that that's not a, in question. That being said, the way that our government is structured is we're not supposed to have fealty to one politician. That's the reason why we declared our independence from England. The tyrant King George was taxing us without representation, and England, right, laid fealty to King George, and so. As much as I love President Trump, right, this movement is bigger than one man. Now, President Trump's ideas have really propelled the GOP forward to make these solid gains that we have had over the last four years, whether it be the economy, foreign success goals, right? I mean, really reamping our immigration system, right? Uh, things, things with regarding prescription prices, right? I mean, President Trump has certainly been a great Republican president, but at the end of the day, I think we should all understand that we are Republicans, we are conservatives, and that lays the foundation of why we should support President Trump. And I think going forward, right, I mean, obviously things are being worked out right now in the election. Um, I'm confident that with these legal battles that President Trump will still come out victorious. Now let's look at some other positives of what happened in the House and the Senate. We made gains in the House and now we're going to go to these runoffs in Georgia, but I think we'll keep the Senate as well. So the Trump program works. The Trump program works. Now, what we have to do over the next four years, whether that's with President Trump or fighting back against Joe Biden and his administration, that we have to continue to fight for these ideas. Because, again, as Republicans, as conservatives, we certainly have to be you know, acquainted into what is happening in the world. And I think President Trump came and seized the opportunity. And now we kind of understand where the Republican Party and conservatism conservatism is moving. And so, you know, that kind of lays the foundation of, again, I'm a Republican and conservative, but I'm certainly a fan of President Trump and uh, the Trump movement. Hmm. Ashley, what, what do you think? Are you a Trumpista? And it should be raising a couple of alarms because, you know, you have a uh, 
the Chavistas, they have the Correistas from like South America, Latin America, and the Caribbean. So, are, so the question goes to you, Trumpista or a conservative Republican? And actually, I think that is uh, why Trump actually had a very high turnout with Latinos because of the fact that we were, it's not that we were avoiding it, but we understand what the connotation is when you say Chavista, Castrista, you know, um, you're basically saying that you're loyal to a politician and that's what we don't want to be. We're not loyal to a politician. Uh, did Trump change some things? Yes, we now have very unpredictable elections moving forward. Um, people have changed their behavior when it comes to politics and um, we're trying to not be as PC, but also be respectful at the same time. Um, I am a conservative. I am a I've been a registered Republican since I first registered to vote. Um, and I think that my values are what align me the most to the Republican Party. And a lot of people actually ask me, they're like, so what if this, uh, you know, what if the Democrat Party did this? And I go, there are, I'm not a one issue uh, voter. Um, I am very pro-life though. And I know for a fact that the Democratic Party will not move on on that issue. And um, a lot of people have asked me, oh, well, you should choose, you know, um, your, your country over party. Um, and I am choosing my country. It's just the fact that you're never gonna agree with any one person 100%. It's just that my views actually align more with the Republican Party and align more with candidates from the Republican Party or who are conservative. And that's how I kind of explain it with people. Now, if people from the Democratic Party actually start speaking our language, then we can come to the table and start speaking, not saying that I would vote Democrat. That's going to take a lot. <laughs> but definitely, um, Definitely, I am I am a Republican and not a Trumpista because that is, mm -hmm. that is the wrong way to go. We're not supposed to be loyal to candidates, but to our values. Right. right. So with that being said, you know, we mentioned slight changes within, within the Republican Party under this administration, under this, I'd say, unprecedented Trump administration. Uh, I'd say he's certainly shaken things down a lot. I'd say that uh, especially with uh, the vast... Uh, different minority sectors of, of our population, I'd say he's made huge strides in comparison to 2016. So people are obviously getting the message as much as the media would not like to highlight it. But remember, if the media doesn't cover it, if mainstream media doesn't cover it, then it doesn't happen, at least in the minds of some people. So how do you think that President Trump has actually increased uh, or, you know, the tent, if you will, for the Republican Party? Do you think he has? Um, and do you think uh, it's been a more welcoming one for newer uh, young Republicans such as ourselves? Uh, okay. Ashley, you go first. Um, this is going to be a, I'm trying to word it. <laughs> um, it has changed, definitely. Uh, the political, the political uh, how do you say, landscape has mm -hmm. definitely changed. Um, as they call it, the Trump era, and Trump made fun of it himself when the whole Time magazine of like forever and ever and ever. You remember that one? 
Um, but it, it was more of an implication of that um, he has changed the way that um, we answer to no one as a politician. We will not be bribed. We will not be bought. Um, and that goes back to our values. And I think a lot of politicians, which I am not speaking to anybody in particular, <laughs> but that goes to a lot of politicians. I think they need to start, um, I hate to use this term, but voting your conscience. Um, and I think that we're starting to go that way. We're starting to actually call out people for what they are, call out the system for what it is, and being able to have that voice and stand up to people who have been keeping us quiet. And I'll leave it, leave it at this and I'll let you go, Morgan. Um, you know, since I was in middle school in sixth grade, I had written papers about being pro-life and um, what it means to me and whatnot. And in my Catholic school, I was told to not talk about those things. Being in a Catholic school, it's like, what are you doing here as a teacher? Like, you should go be teaching somewhere else. So, you know, those are the kind of things that I think that a lot of the kids now that are in middle school and that are in high school, they may be getting a lot of criticism and maybe um, not a very good uh, start in their career uh, once they get into, um, uh, into the job force, into the workforce. Um, but they need to to stand strong. And that's the message that, that Trump has been making very clear. And a lot of other uh, politicians have been taking that in and realizing that when you stand true to your values, in the long run, the truth will win. Mm. I feel like that was a giant uh, obituary to, um, what's his name? Not Mitch McConnell. What? I can't believe I had, I had Graham. That was such a good setup. I was going to say, um, the man from Utah, the senator from Utah, I can't believe his name is like escaping me. And I this can't is... believe none of us are remembering it either. Mitt because... Romney. There we go. That's a freaking setup for Mitt Romney right there. That's oh, a Mitt Romney God. joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. If it ever comes down to a vote, we don't know who is. It's like a toss up. It's great betting odds. You don't know if he's going to go one way or another. We know it's 50 50, and it'll never be libertarian. But um, with that being said, Morgan, what do you think uh, about? the about the the trump era i guess that's a good way to call it how, how has that really influenced the, uh, the younger vote uh and has it changed the way the gop does politics as a whole do you think certainly well the trump coalition is a coalition that not too many understand and i think that's both on the left and the right because what it ultimately boils down to is the republican party likes to see people as individuals and doesn't put them in a certain category based on their class race and gender which is what the left does with identity politics and so the left is going to continue to say that president trump is a racist but they're not going to report on the increase in numbers specifically among minority groups as it relates to hispanics you get a larger share in 2016 uh, a five to seven percent uh, larger share of the black community, as well as thirty percent of the LGBT community that voted for him in two thousand twenty. So, you know what this ultimately boils down to is, you know, building that broad coalition that you know people can be Republicans regardless of their background, right? I mean, we don't have to make assumptions just based on who somebody is, right? Their religion, their ethnicity, right? Their gender. I mean, that's how the left does it, and 
that's uh, that's a way to divide people based on characteristics as opposed to uniting people based on who they are as Americans. So what President Trump has done in the right, he came along and he essentially flipped the script on the left that had had a monopoly on culture for so long. President Trump, who had involved himself in these communities, kind of understood what these people were about, right, was on the was the host of The Apprentice for, for 10 years. And so he understood the media game. And the left for so long had, you know, played by these rules of the Olympsky tactics of just being cutthroat. And President Trump comes along and essentially flips the script. So if anything, President Trump has showed us what it means to be bold, what it means for to be assertive, and how to win political battles that conservatives otherwise would not just by being you know, playing by the rule book when the left would throw out the rule book and win by any means necessary. Hmm. No, I, I definitely say so. I mean, when you look at the implications of, of what's happening here, especially on a supporter level, uh, we find that even though Republicans have always been on more so the quieter side and they'd still get their ideas bashed on by, you know, giant, uh, you know, liberal uh, media. Now you literally have people being attacked for wearing a hat or for wearing an article of clothing that the other side doesn't necessarily like, uh, but you still have people going out there showing the support. They'll, they're willing to get punched in the face in some cases. Uh, I, I can't tell if, yeah, well, right. Uh, yeah, some people are still scared, but it, but it shows, mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but it shows how, uh, how we've gotten to this place where people can't even respect a hat. I mean, we're not saying anything, offensive they've 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 made this idea that it's an offensive white supremacy thing and i'm a white supremacist but i'm hispanic and you know so as a matter of fact just to let you know by the way when the whole covington situation happens in the march for life or you know the next day uh mm -hmm. after march for life i happened to be there and I was wearing my Choose Life hat. It didn't say MAGA, it didn't say anything. It said Choose Life. It was actually from March for Life. I'd bought that merchandise from the convention center. And somebody just swiped it from my head. I'm like, what, why? Why do you have to do that? That is so unnecessary. Why can't you come up to me and be like, why do you believe that way? Let's have a conversation. And that's the problem that we have right now. People cannot mm -hmm. have conversations and what they want to do is just rip you away from what you believe in and try to, to just shut you down so hard to the point where you don't want to speak. And that's what it is, that people are afraid to wear those hats. They're afraid mm -hmm. to talk. And like you said, that Trump has given us that or has, has not given us, but has set that example of to be bold. Right. And in being bold, you have to go where people haven't necessarily gone before in the, in the face of courage here, because Republicans for a long time, and I'd say that it was more so on the soft side. And I, I will continue with that idea because this is the most adamant I've seen uh, people actually actively engaged in politics, at least uh, in recent memory. I don't think many people were as excited for Bush v. Gore. I think everyone knew that Obama was going to beat McCain and, and Romney. We were excited uh, for the re the recount. <laughs> right. No, they were excited for the recount. But I mean, aside from that, this has certainly encouraged people to become more involved. Uh, but when you actually ask a, a liberal or a Democrat uh, or a leftist, which is even worse, uh, about what it is that they truly believe in, uh, they 
seem to malfunction. They short circuit because it's like you're driving on this rage. You're driving on rage. You're driving on. Or they give you sound bites. Right, and they're like, "Oh, good people on either side." We're like, "That's debunked." Like next, and like, "Uh, well," and when you ask them these things, they they don't they don't know what to do. They literally don't know what to do. I asked them. I said, "You know what? I don't want to." And this happens on my Instagram a lot. I don't know where people come from. I think I know that's how when the BBC puts up an article and I'm featured in it, that's how I know that they put it up because I don't, they don't send it to me. They don't say, Gabriel, here's the article you're in. They're like, I just get like a wave of just a bunch hatred. of messages. Yeah, like, where were you? Like, I, I was just, I woke up. That's what I was doing. Uh, so I asked them, hey, let's just do a live stream. Let's just talk you and me outside of like, you know, the comment section, or whatever. No, how dare you? And like, the same thing happened with Antifa, literally surrounded by Antifa. I say, you know what? The media wants us to punch each other out right now. The best, how about we actually, you know, be our best selves and let's just shake on it to agree to disagree. I felt like Moses because they parted like the Red Sea and they just let me walk on through, except for a couple. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Morgan, how do you, have you, um, I mean, you're, you're on uh, college uh, campuses and, and stuff and you're doing stuff with YR. So have you felt any of what I'm saying? Is any of what I'm saying resonating with you, hitting close to home with how uh, these leftists and these Marxists even uh, respond to this sort of, uh, to our rhetoric or our narrative? Certainly, well, what I think it ultimately boils down to is one of the most important books I've ever read is The Conflict of Visions by Thomas Sowell, which essentially breaks down the underlying philosophies of what it means to be a conservative and a liberal. And so a liberal, the unconstrained vision, believes that man can be perfected, right? That there's always something that needs to be fixed. Whereas conservatives to their core believe that if it's not broke, don't fix it. And if something is broken, then we have to come up with a solution to fixing that. Whereas, you know, in the unconstrained vision, right, the opposite of the constrained vision, it's we always have to be perfecting man. And so to the to the core of that, right, I mean, the left really doesn't have a core solid principle of how things should be governed they attune to whatever is happening in the world and what the culture deems needs to be changed. So, you know, we see this a lot essentially with what happened with, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests and that they were asking for fundamental changes. Now, as tragic as George Floyd's death was, is this a catalyst for oversweeping changes of defund the police, right, of totally changing our criminal justice system? I mean, it's certainly a, a problem that needs to be corrected, but we can't just, you know, change our systems willy-nilly. So to that, you know, the influence that is had with the media, with the Democrats, causes a vitriolic reaction of people that, you know, who our demographic is by and large young and maybe following politics passively. It produces a cathartic emotion for them that when they see President Trump or they see Republicans – wearing Make America Great Again hats. They're literally following the cue of the media. Now, this isn't all leftist, right? I mean, but there certainly are to their core some very some people who I would say have some things broken inside of them that the Democratic Party is taking that, you know, that those insecurities and playing on their weaknesses. And it's, uh, you know, it's a very dangerous thing that they're doing. And I think we can agree that radicals on both sides that want to cause violence again and harm against one another and just shout and yell is not a good thing and that we have to be able to come to the table and uh, and talk about it. And that's what makes democracy great. That we, we can have a war of ideas and not a war of fists. Mm, definitely. Oh, wow. That was so poetic at the end. Uh, 
I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, uh, what, do you, what do you think? You mentioned playing on people's emotions. Um, I was actually going to do this towards the end. Um, but um, there's this book that I always recommend to everybody, and it's called Rules for Radicals. It's not oh, conservative. <laughs> um, but as Sinju, Sinju says, know your enemy like you know yourself. I'm sorry, what did you say? He dedicated that book to Lucifer Sololinsky. Oh, man. He quotes Mao. He quotes Fidel Castro. I've got it all, like, highlighted. Like, I got real into it. Like, um, it's it's incredible because it, it it's an instruction manual. And, I mean, this is hearsay. But hearsay of that oh, apparently this was Bible to Obama. And the more I read it, the more I actually kind of believe it in the sense of the organization, the grassroots type of it. Is that what they do? Is they 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 use people that have a certain kind of anger for a similar uh, something that it, that correlates to the issue that they need anger for, and they use those people, and they get them all riled up, and they say, "This is how your anger is connected to this," and they have right. them deployed to whatever it is, whatever event that they need, or if it's on Twitter. They want to start a movement on Twitter, a hashtag or anything like that. That's what they do. I mean, this is a little too old to start mentioning well, hashtags, but this is literally the manual of that. And when you said that, that it quotes all those people, I'm like, I'm so glad that he knows <laughs> because well, it's, it's, yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to, to mention here, of course, we've been switching over to now a live format and you were talking about rage. And just as you said it, almost as if on cue, uh, on our YouTube uh, comments, a user by the name of Sketchy Peasant says, Rip MAGA 2016 through 2020. He also says, Trump for prison 2021. You know, if I would have thought any better, I would have I thought that this would have been Trump talking. Uh, but he also, for the final comment that he's left so far is, America is sicker, weaker, and poorer under Trump. And that is the exact type of vitriol and hatred that we were talking about. It's led by pure emotion. It's led by just pain. I'd say it's a lot of pain, uh, whether that's self-induced, whether that's personal stuff that they got to figure What's out. What's his name again? I would also argue with a, with a self-denigrating, self-hating title like that. I mean, sketchy peasant. I mean, it looks like a bourgeoisie peasant or something, like a little... I was going to get to that, and I was going to address you, sketchy peasant. I think uh, you should actually look into your local government because the majority of all these mandates and all these things go on in the local government. And I would like to educate some people here now that a lot of people have actually tuned in because I'm getting some text messages too and whatnot, <laughs> that executive orders, they are only enforced when the states enforce them. This means that the state legislature actually has to make a law in order to enforce them or local governments have the choice to actually enforce this executive order. So tr Trump may sign 30, 40, 50 executive orders, as people have been saying and exaggerating that he did it all in, in the first two weeks of his presidency, which is not true. Um, but nothing will happen unless he has people enforcing that. And if you see people enforcing it, it's because it, it probably has something something behind it 
mm. people Mo will not enforce things that they don't believe in. Believe right. me, there's that's Morgan, just how you, America works. <laughs> right, Morgan. What do you think about this uh, this sketchy peasant? He seems very sketchy. Not sure if he's a peasant. I don't think we have peasants in the United I States. I just anymore. like the name. That's why we're we're ganging up on him now. Let's not <laughs> do it too much. Certainly. Well, we have a real life example of what we've been talking about, right? I mean, here's somebody who, again, I I, I can't imagine why somebody would give themselves such a self denigrating title like that. Um, but you know, I mean, hey. I, I think that if this person thinks that they're making a difference just by posting something, and I think that's, again, a lot of the energy that that leftist organizations take, you know, take of, right? They take these people and they try to energize that into votes and the more hate and vitriol. And so, hey, how about that guy goes and to a local city council race or a local congressional race, and if he's really adamant about where he stands on the political spectrum on the left – he should go volunteer. He should go work on that campaign and Absolutely. power to him, right? Again, we're on the different sides of the political spectrum, but I think at the end of the day, that's how you're going to enact the most positive change. And I, I perhaps at one time left a nasty comment like that, but as I started to get more politically engaged and more politically involved, uh, you know, I don't make those types of comments anymore because I understand that I'm making more of a difference, actually putting my shoulder to the wind and not just being a, a keyboard war warrior. Sorry, message to sketchy peasant. Go and volunteer for what you believe in, no matter what it is. Don't leave nasty comments. <laughs> you see, we even give life advice on this show. I love it. I mean, maybe he came because- And it's nice know. though. We're not, I mean, I'm not attacking you. I'm just telling no, you, go, it's, it's go and use that energy positively. Oh, well, I was going to say he was in. here. I was going to say he was here for me because, you know, he, he understands that the Baron is in session, but he will get 40 lashes afterwards. Just kidding. I don't encourage or condone violence. No, no, Gabe. That would complete sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> you had a college professor that reached out to you and accused you of being Hitler, did he not? Uh, I would- <laughs> Whose show is this? I'm joking. No, um, I mean, we, was, he gets so many threats. I have forgotten about that one. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, so so Morgan, to answer your question, uh, yes, I was called a neo-Nazi enabler by a deputy chair for political science at Columbia University by the name of wow. Jeffrey Lax. And Morgan, I got to say, as a follow-up, you have kept the streak going of bringing that up every episode ever huh. likes to throw in a jab there and say what did he call you again yes i was called neo-nazi enabler and he told me to go drop dead but here's the thing the he, right and here's what i said i said you are the most educated person here on this thread why why can't you just have a regular discussion with me i'm too smart to discuss this with you and think that you're being genuine i'm like are you kidding me Really, this is how we're going to, you know, and maybe he deserves the lashes. No, he doesn't. I've never called for him to get fired or canceled. I just think I just said an apology and some peer reviewed uh, some sort of uh, counseling on how to deal with a difference of opinion. I will say ratemyprofessor.com has, in fact, been deleting or somehow comments have been deleted from his score because I specifically remember kids saying that they felt as though his classroom was like being in North Korea, an authoritarian despot. Wow. Kind of funny coming from the liberal that hates Trump, who is the fascist authoritarian despot. Actually, speaking of uh, threats, by the way, I had actually taken a picture of a, of a friend's gun uh, while I was um, at her at her apartment because we were having a girls' night, and I had said new gun, and 
the amount of comments or DMs, direct messages that I got, I mean, you can only imagine, go shoot yourself with your new gun. Um, you should probably go and shoot your family as well. Um, I hope you shoot yourself in the foot because you probably don't know how to use a gun. And then that made me think, well, I mean, you've never owned a gun, so. But anyways, there's there was a whole list of stuff. Well, how does it feel to be a white supremacist by owning that gun? Like it's anything you do, anything you do or say is going to be criticized. And I know plenty of instances where I don't even have to put a picture of a gun just because I am Republican and people know that I am conservative. They just say, how does it feel to be part of the party that locks children up in a cage? And my response is always, well, who built them? So <laughs> that's that. Right, that, that is that. And there's a meme circling, uh, circulating uh, throughout uh, the internet right now where it shows Homer Simpson uh, from the Simpsons movie talking to Bart when he's chained up and he's like, and Bart's laying there, uh, sitting there saying, um, uh, you know, thank God, no more kids in cages now that Biden is the president-elect. I say that with air quotes for those listening. Uh, and then uh, Homer comes in and he says, no more, you mean no more media uh, attention to the kids in cages anymore. And that's how it really was for, the, I'd say, the majority Speaking. of the Obama... Mm. Sorry about that. But speaking about that, before I, had for, I forget, I actually, um, my cousin, she's a doctor. She was a doctor down in Yuma, Arizona. And that's right there on the border. And for everybody who keeps claiming that they get no medical care, they get no attention, they are neglected. And I'm not saying that errors don't exist because I don't like to speak in absolutes. Speaking in absolutes is uh, terribly ignorant. But my, she is a doctor there and she has had a lot of women coming over the border and they come pregnant. They, they, they come pregnant right as they're in labor coincidentally. And I'm not saying that they might've done this on purpose or maybe not, um, but they do what I'm, my point is that they do get the care that they need. You're not gonna leave a woman who's in labor in a cage as they say, but they're not in a cage or in a prison as she's having a child. That right. is clearly wrong, and that is not what goes on in the United States. Right. Well, Morgan, I mean, to my eye, you you are you are a white straight male, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, thank you for not oppressing us on this show. We are an equal opportunity. That's why we're phasing out Evan, who is also Caucasian. Uh, but aside from that, uh, how <laughs> how do you get judged on a daily basis? Uh, because apparently you can't be racist to white people. Uh, but how are you judged on a daily basis uh, in speaking your mind outwardly uh, on the topic of politics? Certainly. Well, I think uh, I think you hit it right on the, on the head, right? With identity politics, I'm certainly low on the uh, the totem pole, right, of where we stand on the, uh, you know, the hierarchy, where I stand on the hierarchy of, uh, of privilege, right? I mean, I, I won't be able to talk, right? Um, so I have no experience with uh, with grievance. So uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm certainly uh, certainly guilty of that, as they would say. But you know, I, I think I think again, I I see myself as an individual, and so with my ideas, I try to present them in a factual and analytical manner. And of course, there's going to be people that criticize you just based on the color of your skin. I mean, is that not racism? 
right? I mean, it's going to be racism when somebody says it against uh, a person of color, but when it's a white person, you know, that just gets thrown by the wayside. So again, you know, I, I, I certainly, uh, I've had my fair share of criticism. I've been called it all right. I haven't been called a neo-Nazi, so I'm, that's still on my bucket list, but, uh, but, you know, I think you just have to be bold. You have to be confident. And uh, if you just keep on keep on at it, you'll, you'll get followers if you are a leader for the right movement and the right cause. Hmm. Well, for those who don't know, um, Morgan, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you have blonde hair and blue eyes. So you'd be considered the Ubermensch. Oh, no, no. I have, I have brown hair and brown eyes, man. We need oh, never some mind. more lighting. More yeah, lighting, more I don't know what happened here. I mean, it look, I mean, granted, the light is making me look uh, like I'm not white. But... <laughs> <laughs> no pulling blackface on the show, please. We've already been canceled once. Our Instagram got deleted yeah. once. We don't need that to happen again. <laughs> um, but I think this is a good place to end it off. I hope everyone's had a good time. This has been my first time uh, doing this uh, live stream format for the Empire State Conservatives. I'm no longer a co-host. I'm not taking over the show. Probably not. Wow. But I will be giving everyone a uh, couple of, uh, I don't know, about a minute or whatever to plug in their socials. Uh, Ashley, we'll be going with you first. What are your you know, closing statements? Where can people find you on social media? So I just wanted to make one more book recommendation. And sure, I this is a book club. very fitting. Love your enemies. <laughs> <laughs> I highly recommend it. Um, it's, I'm not even gonna get into it. I just recommend that you read it. Um, it will hopefully make you feel like you would like to come to the table and speak with uh, the opposite side. Um, but to give myself my shout out to my social accounts, both of my social accounts on Twitter and on Instagram are Ashley Alvarez FL is in Florida. And I can promise you I've got great content. <laughs> That's it. Awesome. Morgan, what about you? Final, uh, I guess, quotes or something inspirational and your social. All right. Well, thank Socials. you. Guys. So, you know, so, so perfect. Well, again, uh, I think Ashley uh, preached a great message of unity and strength. Um, let's be united in what binds us, not uh, just be focused on our differences. So if you Google me, Morgan Kimbaro on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you'll find me. I'm the only Morgan Kimbaro in the world. So I have that distinction. Um, in addition, yeah, Republicans, um, like our, like our Facebook page, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, and uh, take a look at our website. Uh, that's sdyrrepublicans.org. Oh, wait. Go to Miami Young Republicans, too, please. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Awesome. So I'll go first, and then I'll do this stuff. I'll show for the show in a bit. So you can uh, find me on Instagram at baron.montalvo, B-A-R-O-N dot Montalvo. Uh, also on Twitter, baron underscore Montalvo. I'm not on Parlor yet. I might get there eventually. Uh, if you go on the pages tab of Facebook, type in Gabriel Montalvo, my name, I'll come right up. Now I'll start chilling for the show. But first, use code GABE10, G-A-B-E, all capital, number 1010, at checkout so you can get 10% of all purchases. Uh, no one else has a code. Just kidding. Amani 10 also. We're trying to have a competition to see who can sell the most and pander the most. So that's you're not a... supposed to mention it if you're on, in a competition. As a host, I got to, you know, do my part. So that is A-M-A-N-Y-1-0 uh, as well. And please look us up on, excuse me, Twitter 
at Empire State Cons on Instagram at underscore Empire State Conservatives, uh, Parlor at Empire State Conservatives, and on Facebook, the Empire State Conservatives Network, and look up that same handle on the internet so you can check out all of our snowflake melting merch, as well as our blogs and other sorts of great uh, content. So with that being said, I'm going to do this kind of choppily here because I got to do a stream yard <laughs> thing of jigger. All right. So don't let fear take your freedom. Thank <laughs> you.